Romans chapter 7, verse 12. Romans chapter 7, verse 12. And we're still under the same heading. Paul's post-conversion running with the law. Paul's post-conversion running with the law. That's verses 7 through 13. Paul's post-conversion running with the law. So Paul gets saved, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then he had to run in with the law of Moses. And that's what he basically portrays what was taking place in his own heart and his own life during that event, which we pretty much covered it, I, I felt like last class we covered it really well, just that the law actually excites the sin nature and make it kind of, it doesn't really make too much sense to us why it would do that, but that's what scripture bears out, that the law is meant to reveal sin in us and bring it to the surface, so the law reveals sin on the, what's already in our heart, which is sin, <laughs> and brings it to the surface. And, but if you attempt to live by law, then you'll have a, a sin nature that is active again, which is yeah. never good, and it's really bad. And we're actually going to see in the next part a little bit more of that and, and some of the things that Paul was feeling and seeing happening in his own life when he had a sin nature that was active again. Yeah. Which is, when you think about it, it's kind of, it, it takes you back a little bit that the apostle, he told me that the apostle Paul had a period of time in his life that although saved, he had a sin nature that was active in his life again. And he was failing God. I'm talking about sinning. We, we, sometimes we just kind of brush over it because it doesn't, because we aren't really told what the sin is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, if maybe that's a God thing. If we knew what it is, it might not be so easy to miss in the fall. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to be honest now. I mean, to be honest, if you had, a, if you, if there was a pastor, a minister, that we're going to have to be real. <laughs> there was, a, it's all right. I will admit right now, before I even say it, that it would, I would even struggle with it. If there was a minister that I knew struggled with something and was being dominated by the sin nature that it would be a little bit harder for me to sit and listen to him yeah. with no walls up than another minister that I didn't know anything about. Right. Well, we're talking about a true God-called minister who loves God with all of his heart. And yet, because of an active sin nature in his life, because he doesn't know Romans 6, 7, and 8, and how the sin nature has been defeated, is living with an active sin nature, and that, and because of that, there are sins in his life that 
Some un, some that can't be seen, and some that maybe can. Yeah. And if that happened, I will admit it would be a little bit harder for me to not have any walls up while listening to that minister, even though that's not right. Yeah, you're right, it's not right. Because he had to he, right, he's going through the same sanctification process. He loves the Lord with all of his heart. He might just be ignorant to Romans 6, 7, and 8. To what has happened at Calvary. What Christ actually accomplished. And he just might not be walking in it. But it doesn't mean that it's not available to him if he places his faith in the right object. The victory is available to him. But, because he doesn't know it, that is in his life. It would be a little bit hard. I'm glad that the sanctification process happens behind the curtain of Christ. Yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. You would be thinking the same things about me. This fool here. I'm not listening to him. I know the stuff that he struggles with. But thank God that my sanctification process is done behind the curtain of Christ and that in him I have all the righteousness that I need Amen. and that he views me as perfect same for you you, 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 you know what some of the struggles in your life are thank God that it's done behind the veil of Christ for each one of us. Thank God. Otherwise, we would. There's no telling what we would think of each other because the truth is, we all got a little self righteousness in it. Yeah. That, well, brother, I don't struggle with that. Because <laughs> we like to, this sin's worse than this sin. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that sin's worse because I don't struggle with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Well, that brother over there, he's throwing with alcohol. That's a lot worse than my gossip and tongue. No, that's the same. That's the same. Sin is But we're the ones that categorize sin. That's like with this one right here. But last time I checked in scripture, they all call death. And Christ had to die for each one. Both the gossiping and the murder dies for each sin. Each sin, he had to go to Calvary. But for us, we would pretty quickly say that murder is far worse than gossip. Whenever really gossip, you're still committing yeah. murder. It's just yeah. character. Yeah, you're just murdering yeah. character. It's just character yeah. assassination yeah. instead of actual physical yeah. killing somebody. Yeah. Same idea, though. Yeah. I'm not going to kill you, but what I'm going to do is just talk you so low <laughs> that you might wish you were dead yourself. Yeah. We categorize sin. Yeah. So, saying all that, Romans chapter 7, 
<laughs> Starting in verse 12. Well, I wasn't going to sing a song that I was thought about this morning uh, during the service, but I'm going to either wait on that or it won't happen. One or the other. Uh, Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 12, we're going to read through verse 20. Whenever you're there, say amen. Amen. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For that I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. It is very confusing. Yeah. It is probably the worst possible way to write something or translate it. It's probably the better way because Paul didn't write it wrong. I guarantee you it's translation. And actually, I'm going to show you that as we go through. Uh, and right now, to be honest, right here is just a really good example of that King James Version is not perfect. Now, that is not blasphemy. <laughs> there is zero translations. There are zero, I repeat, zero Bible translations that are inspired. The Word of God is inspired. That's right. So each translation has errors, and some are really, really great. But they still have errors. Some are really, really bad. You should just avoid that altogether. <laughs> uh, there are other translations that might this this portion of scripture might be translated better. There are areas in the King James version that is translated better than, say, the NASB. There are areas in the NASB that it translates better than the King James version. Yeah. Only the Word of God is inspired, not translation. There is no translation that is inspired. There are some that are better to use, and that is word for word. A word for word translation is the way to go. Not really thought for thought or what uh, paraphrase. They're not really. I would have. I would avoid them if it was me, because in Scripture, Paul. Paul said that every word, every word is inspired by God. Every word, word for word, is the best way to go. Sometimes a thought for thought or paraphrase doesn't say what's intended to be said. If it's a word for word translation, then you have, you can you have a chance to get to the actual Greek or Hebrew word that was used 
which, to be honest, helps make sense of some stuff. And if it's said differently, it's wrong sometimes, just not what it's intended. And then scripture can get moved around and it just doesn't come up with the same meaning that the Lord intended. I am not a translation scholar. Um, my father not a translation scholar either. <laughs> he has more knowledge than I have, which I have very little. <laughs> so, uh, but that's just, a, we just throw that out there because this is something, this is a place in the King James Version that we can read and go, what? Talking about like, okay, if you get into the Greek and everything, sometimes you can really learn, but not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody wants to do that. They just want to read their Bible. It's one of the reasons why these father study Bible is, is so good, especially for those that they're not going to go study the Greek. They're not going to go look at references and study a bunch of commentaries and stuff like that. So these positors, because it, it's work verse for you know verse, they have the commentary there, it will correct. And I'm sure you've noticed that as you're reading, reading your expositor study Bible, the Bible actually correct sometimes the translation yeah. and says it should have said this. Yeah. Yeah. So basically you have you have that when you read your expositors. That's very, very helpful yeah. uh, in those cases. You know, so yeah. But but yeah, to answer your question though, uh, in a lot of places the New American Standard translates translates it uh, a little bit better in the King James um, not every place. Sometimes, like he was talking about, sometimes the King James is better. Mm -hmm. The reason why that the, the translations are not inspired in the sense that only the original text was inspired by God. So once we start translating them, there's going to be mm -hmm. some mistakes. But we can rest assured that I would probably say in any of your word-for-word -word, uh, translations that they're good. Uh, that the mistakes, even in those that, that are there, are not—they're not—they don't change the meaning of the gospel. Mm -hmm. God has preserved His word even through the translations, the word-for-word -word translations. Some of these others can take too much liberty mm -hmm. and change the meaning. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you get me going on that, I'm gonna like—I gotta stop. Yeah, this is just this is, uh, I cracked up. I, I saw it on. I don't even remember where I saw it. it. It might have been on my Twitter or something like that, but <laughs> it was a Bible, it was a King James Bible for sale. And it, <laughs> it might have been this was real, but it was a King James Bible for sale, and it said, the Bible that Paul the Apostle used. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing, like, no, there was no New Testament. Uh, when, when the Apostle was. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't know that. So let's get into verse 12, and we're going to finish up this uh, little section called post-conversion running with the law. So, verse 12. Wherefore, the law is holy. The law is holy because it is God's re revelation of himself. The law of Moses revealed God up until Christ. Christ is a greater revelation of God than the law is. But the law was a revelation of God to a certain degree. Uh, Christ is, uh, like the book of Hebrews, uh, better. <laughs> Christ is a better revelation of God 
than the law is. But the law was still a revelation of God. The law was designed for a specific and particular purpose. Uh, the next part. And the commandment, holy and just and good. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle goes into all of this explanation for the simple reason that man wants to blame God for his dilemma. Or somebody else. Or basically anything but but themselves. <laughs> <laughs> anything but numero uno. Yeah. Man does not want to take responsibility for himself. Which, in one sense, the law was actually designed to force him to do. Uh, we see that right at the beginning, of the, right after, in the garden, Adam and Eve eat the fruit, and Eve blames the serpent, and Adam blames Eve, yeah. and everybody else is the reason why I sinned, but it's not me, it's just everyone else. Now, I wish that I could say that once you get saved, that goes away, but uh, we still do that same thing. We do. Somebody, I'm, at, I'm on the job, and somebody else did something that just hurt my nerve. So I respond in a way that, according to the law, is wrong. I wish that that person did not exist at this job site. People do something that causes a reaction from us that isn't right. And then this is our response. If that fool wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have reacted that way. People are just so dumb. <laughs> Instead of Lord, I've sinned. Yes. I, I've sinned. I, that that was not love. I didn't respond in what, but we we don't we don't respond like that because just like Adam, it's Eve's fault. Yeah. And we just ignore the fact that we just fail to love our neighbor as ourself. Let something happen. It's the other it's all it's never yeah. it's never me. I'm not the one to blame. I just simply reacted that way, which yes, okay, it wasn't right. We might go that far. We might have been yeah, it wasn't right. But yeah. I wouldn't be like this if it wasn't for the yes you would. Yeah. Because it's already there in your heart. Yeah. That just brought it to the surface. We are so quick to blame everything else except I, I'm, I'm the man. Yeah. I, I'm the man. It's me. I, I was wrong. Whether they're right or wrong doesn't matter. The Lord's interested in your sanctification. Yeah. Your walk. Taking responsibility. Take responsibility for you to be Christ-like. And the law brings that about. The law says, no, that's you. Yeah, but they, no, no, you. At the end of you. Well, that fool, no, no, no. You. 
Because in the same situation and circumstance, Christ wouldn't have reacted like that. Right. Which is unfathomable at times is for us that to wrap our minds around man, you mean that he wouldn't know? Because he's perfect without sin. Yeah. But you are not. Yeah. We're still in the sanctification process, being made into the image. Being Christ-like, that's what we're after, to be Christ-like. That is the goal. That is the supreme goal of Christianity. Christ-likeness. Not like those yahoos. Money. Get rich. Yeah. That's not the supreme goal of Christianity. Christ-likeness. So, what you just found out is that you are not like Christ. But don't worry. Don't get into condemnation. You're being sanctified. You just repent. Ah, it's me. No, Lord, it's me. Change my heart. Lord, you've already done it at Calvary. You've already given me victory over that reaction. I don't have to give in to those emotions, those urges to just judo chop them in the throat. <laughs> I don't have to give in to that because of what you've already done in Calvary. Yeah. And the law makes us say, oh, that's me. Ah, I'm, I'm guilty. Uh, and it gets worse whenever we actually blame God. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get briefly get into this and then move on because I don't want to spend time, a long amount of time here. But one of the big things that we see now is. I'm this way because I was made this way by God. With homosexuality, all of these different things. And really, we're just blaming God. That's all that is. Well, I'm like this because God made me this way. You tell me that God made you in a way that would cause you to sin against Him. Well, you don't know God. And I'm not surprised that you would actually say that because you're dominated by the sin nature. So I'm not, not surprised. I'm not taking back one bit when someone says, well, God made me this way. Well, you got dominated by the sin nature. But they don't say. When they get saved, then they, they realize that. Yeah, they, they, if they, they, if they were to get saved, you know, like they, would, they would see, well, oh, that's. And there's been a lot of, uh, I've heard of a few testimonies of, and we'll just use homosexuals for this, but that they thought that and then they got saved. And then they saw, oh, that, that's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. God didn't create you that way. It's because of the sin. There are new creation in Christ. And then they walk. Now, that, I'll tell you this uh, that, that is a struggle that, I'll be honest, I'm glad I don't have. Oh because it, it, if we don't think that there's any power behind it, we just see got our head in a rock under the sand. And even though they get saved, we're also foolish if we think that they don't still deal with some of those feelings mm-hmm. right. that, that drove them that direction before. That's why there's such a hatred for it. Because it says, God didn't make it that way, and 
However, it is not so much that which man has done, but rather that which man refuses to do. In other words, man really cannot help what Adam did. He cannot help what Adam did in the garden. All we can help it. There's nothing we can do about that. Even though we suffer the consequences. Uh, what he can help, and that which God holds him accountable for, is his refusal to accept God's atonement for the terrible dilemma in which he now finds himself. That atonement is Christ and all that he did at Calvary. You can't take one characteristic of God, pluck it out, and say, well, that's how I view God. Yeah. I heard this was a minister, and I don't, can't remember his name. You would probably know him. He's an older man. He's an older African-American man. And they said that he used to be a very powerful preacher back in the day. And, but he got to a point that where he believed, he got to a point that he believed that hell wasn't real. Because what happened was he got his eyes off of the cross, first of all, yeah. and plucked out a certain characteristic of God and ran with that one alone. Love. Yeah. How can a loving God send people to hell? I can't see that. And that's what he used just that characteristic. How could a loving God send people to hell? How could a loving God allow his only begotten son to be crucified? To us, that doesn't seem like love. But in all reality, it's the greatest form of love yeah, ever. Right. Amen. Because by that one death, mm-hmm. all men have salvation available. Yeah. That's love. That's so much love and bother. You have a free will. Yeah. You pluck out, and and in the cross is every characteristic of God all wrapped up in Calvary: yeah. love, yeah. holiness. Righteousness, justice, yeah. long suffering, patience. Yeah. Every characteristic of God you can see in yeah. Calvary. Yeah. Yeah. But when you pluck one out, mm-hmm. then that error is going to fall. Mm-hmm. And that's what, but I can't see how a loving God would send people to hell. Can't see how a loving God would allow heaven into heaven. They rejected mm-hmm. what was provided. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why. That's why a loving God yeah. can send it. They go to hell not because of him, but because of their yeah. rejection. Verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me. It is not the law which is at fault, but rather the sin nature in man which opposed the law. The the law doesn't make us sin. The law reveals the sin nature in us. Remember I told you about the black salve? Remember the black salve? If you had like a infection or of some sort? Yeah, that stuff's not bad. That's why I remember. <laughs> and you put that black salve on there, 
and it would draw out whatever was under the surface to the top, which then you could clean it and everything, and then you would start to heal. Yeah. The law is like that black sack that draws sin to the surface. The black sack did not create the infection. The law did not create sin in you. Right. It was already there. The law just brought it to the surface. The infection was already there. The black sad brought it to the surface. That was good stuff. It was really good. I don't even yeah. see it anymore. Eat them all. Just it might still happen. It was good. They take it off the shelf. Ridiculous. It's still good stuff. The next part. God forbid. God or His Word is not to blame for all of these problems. Right. The next part. But sin, that it might appear sin, proclaims the divine intention of the law, namely that sin might show its true colors. Man before the law would little admit that he was a sinner. And even if he did, he believed he could affect his own salvation. Uh, Therefore, man must be shown exactly what he is without spiritual life and morally depraved, and that in no way can he live up to God's holy standards. Uh, a good, a good, kind of a, a quick little view of being able to see that, that basically what we just talked about, that it shows that, that it might appear sin, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. God goes and says, where's your brother? Mm -hmm. He already knew the answer. I don't know. What am I, my brother's keeper? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at that moment, there was no law. The law says, thou shalt not kill, murder. Thou shalt not kill. That makes it real clear. Uh, Cain, you're a sinner. And now Cain has to admit, according to the law, I'm a sinner. Not according to what I think. According to what the law of God says. I'm a sinner because I'm murdered. So that sin might appear sinful. <laughs> Working death in me by that which is good refers to sin turning God's intended blessing, talk about the law, into a curse. Nothing like the law could more clearly show what sin is or excite a stronger desire for deliverance from it. The excesses of sin reveal its real nature. Uh, the next part. That sin, by the commandment, might become exceeding sinful. The law demanded obedience, but which man could not carry out. Irrespective as to how hard he tried, the more he tried, the more he failed, and the worse the situation got. You fail, the more you try not to fail, the more you fail. Just... I don't even remember what it was all about, but just don't try so hard. <laughs> now I remember exactly what it was all about. 
I I like old comedy, old old school comedy. Yeah. Uh, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, I like old school comedies like that. And then one of them, he was a nurse practitioner, I guess, or something like that. And and he just did everything wrong. He just he, everything. He just everything really he touched <laughs> just fell apart. He seemed like he could not do anything right. And one of the nurses, she just couldn't take it. Boy, she just she was like one of the lead nurses, and she just and she just couldn't take it. And he was like, she was like, why can't you just just do it right? And he was like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying very hard. I, 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 I tried to do right, but and she said, just don't, just don't, don't try so hard. <laughs> just don't try so hard. Just stop trying. He said, but I'm trying. Don't, don't try so hard. Just stop trying. And it's, it's like that way with us. When we try, we fail worse. And then we try, and we fail, we try, and we fail, we try, and we fail. And we just get exhausted because yeah. we just keep trying, and we just keep failing because we are incapable yeah. of succeeding. Yeah. So don't try so hard. Christ has already done it. Amen. Stop trying to do what Christ has already done, and you'll find yeah. rest. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try still. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay, that's it. Okay. Uh, the next part, the next heading is uh, Paul's post-conversion view of self. Paul's post-conversion view of self. And that's verses 14 through 20. Paul's post-conversion view of self, verses 14 through 20. And I will say that this is one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ yes. today. We just really do not like feeling like we are incapable of doing it. We don't like that feeling. And in a lot of churches, the opposite is brief. You can. You can. You, and it all about it just puffs you, puffs you up. It's meant to just bring you up. But actually, the true gospel does the opposite. But when you are weak, then you are strong. When you are weak, then you are strong. Think about the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I get totally confused and just I don't even know if I get mad because I'm just at a total loss and just confused at how that happened. But when people talk about blessed are those who are poor, what no, it says in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't money. Bad English, good teaching. That's right. This ain't money. Yeah. Blessed are blessed is the man who sees that he is spiritually bankrupt. Because when he gets to that place, then he will find the provision of Calvary. Yeah. 
Which when you find that, you'll find blessed yeah. or yeah. happy. Yeah. Happy is the man who sees that he is spiritually bankrupt because then he will find the provision of Calvary. Perfect righteousness. And everything else that we ever have need of. That's not a one-time thing. That's a daily thing. Blessed are those who mourn. For theirs is the kingdom. Oh, that's a one-time thing. That's mourning for trials. No. Sin. Blessed are those who are seen like they are in a constant state of repentance. Not for acts of sin, but for their sinfulness. Does the pride have to go into that somewhere? Oh, yeah, it, it, it goes in there. Lord, I'm sinful. This is David. The Beatitudes are not a one-time thing, that's a daily thing. Lord, I'm sinful today. Without you, I'm spiritually bankrupt, but I find Calvary. Lord, forgive my shortcomings. Forgive my failures. Forgive my sins, my trespasses. For they are many. But yet, you'll be happy. Because yours will be the kingdom. Because you'll find Christ and the provision that you have in Him. And you still want down the Beatitudes. It's a daily thing. Daily, daily, daily. Where am I? Oh, Paul's supposed to converse you itself. Right, we haven't even got into it. <laughs> self, 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 self. It's not fun to the flesh because it brings us, makes us feel oh but it's for the spirit it's the best thing that you can have it's the best thing that you can have a correct view of self without a proper view and a correct view of self you're going to struggle yeah. you're going to struggle and it does with pride it's hard to get there and every once in a while you're going to have to have your hip touched after you be resident so you can see it because that was one of the ideas Jacob what's your name and he had to admit who he really was I'm a deceiver Jacob that was the whole point of all of that you need the right view of self and when he got the right view of self then he got a new name